Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Coming to you straight from the Carolina football spring game in the heart of the southern part of heaven from the independent voice of UNC sports. This is Inside Carolina Live. And now with special guests from Heels for Life, here are the hosts of Inside Carolina Live, Tommy Ashley and Joey Powell. Welcome in, welcome in to Inside Carolina Live. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That's Joey Powell. Gregory Hall here. Special day. Heels for Life is joining us. Mr. Shaquille Rashad has gotten us some special guests, and so we're going to get right into it, Joey. I got five on it. You got five on it? Who it's is a, it's a big five? five, too. Who is the five? Uh, Glenn High School's own, Mr. Javari Ritchie. Javari, how are you feeling, man? I'm doing good. How are y'all? Good, man. Appreciate you being here. Yes, so sir. look. The, the man's got a five piece around his neck. Yep. So you know, you know, he's, he's, out. he's strong with his it. number. Yep. Javari, you got through spring, uh, coming off your freshman season. Tell us how you feel you are a better player now as we sit here on April the 8th than you were when you first set foot on campus. It's April 9th, by the way. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I just feel like I'm more comfortable now, uh, being able to just play like different positions and stuff like that. I'm able to learn more. I'm able to teach some other guys how to play. So I just feel like me being a better player is because I'm more comfortable. So that yeah. matters. All right. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with all the generic questions, but I want, I want real honest for our answer from you. All right. As a D lineman, mm-hmm. favorite move. You ripping, you swimming, you what, you you bull rushing. What's your what, what's the first thing you want to go to if you got a one on one drill? I'll probably say speed to power. That okay. probably be my favorite move. That'd be my go to move uh, out the gate. So yeah. So coming in as a freshman, mm-hmm. obviously got some run. Had well. Coming into spring, what did you need to work on? You felt like you needed to work on. What did you accomplish in the last what month of the spring practice? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I asked the these ones. <laughs> <laughs> I'll set you up. He wants uh, to make you think. <laughs> well, with, with me, they bounced me around from playing in the tackle to no. So I just felt like just staying on top of things, learning every position was probably the thing I probably need to work on. Even though I knew everything, they just wanted me to keep uh, learning everything. So I, I probably said that's what I had to work on. So you got guys down, guys mm-hmm. out hurt. How has that benefited you and some of the other young guys getting more reps during spring? It's gave them an opportunity for, especially for the young guys like Travis and uh, Keyshawn and Bo. They were able to come in, play what they uh, needed to do, especially like Bo playing the end spot. Travis playing his nose. He bounced around from tackle to nose. And Keyshawn coming uh, through playing uh, nose as well. So I just felt like it gave them the opportunity to shine and show what they're made of. So, yeah. And with working at all three of those positions, you're obviously facing different offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. What's the benefit in that as who you're facing as far as sometimes you're going at Brian Anderson, Corey Gaynor, <clears throat> sometimes you're going at Zach Rice, Asabara, William Barnes, Austin Richards. Like, what's the benefit in facing different body types on the offensive line? The benefit is, like, just seeing, like you said, different body types. So I'm able to, like, see, like, different personnel, like, who plays, like, how big they are, how, how they play and stuff like that. So I'm able to, like, see, like, all types of, like, moves and stuff from everybody. I'll be honest. Last year, you and Keyshawn coming in, I was like, those are two big dudes. Now we got Travis Shaw coming in. Mm-hmm. 
don't look as big anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that you owned it too, by the way. But go yeah, ahead. it's all good. <laughs> I mean, he's. What have you seen out of him and some of the young guys coming? I mean, he's a big dude. I just felt like I seen confidence come out of them because they're able to like do what they're made of. Like I said, um, like Travis, he's able to use his size. So like on the D line and stuff like that, sometimes he misses lines, but at the same time, you can't even tell because he's using the size to get in the backfield. So that's all that matters, especially with Bo. Bo's able to like learn, pick up some techniques. We're able to tell him like what he needs to work on. He's able to take it and uh, make it work. So I just felt like that's what it's. Have you tried to rub off on him and some of the younger guys from what you learned last year that you wish you knew that you're trying to to help them out? Uh, I just felt like just like getting everything, getting everything down, learning everything. Um, that's really what I needed to work on last year, and I was able to show them like just step up, make sure you're in your book, make sure you're looking at film, so you're able to know like what you need to know on the field. So what was your biggest wow moment last year? Uh, I probably say my sack against Wake Forest. I was uh, very excited against that. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I really got sad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, wait for us, yeah. What, so, you know, last year you, you guys had a lot of expectation on you, mm-hmm. right? There was a lot of a lot of hype, a lot of preseason talk. And, and this year it kind of seems like you guys have all just kind of put your heads down, um, not really paying attention to what's going on outside of the mm-hmm. Keenan Football Center. Do you feel like the team's a lot more focused and has been more focused through the spring so far? Do you feel like there's a lot more, whether it's unity, whether it's a lack of distractions? How do you feel it's different this year versus last year? going? It's different this year because we're a lot more focused because every practice is competition. So everybody's trying to compete for against the next man because we want to win. Like, we have team competition, so, like, the defense versus offense, and, like, we got to be focused to win. So that's I feel like that's the difference because everybody's focused this year. Tell me one guy from this freshman class that if you've got a – you got to get in a foxhole and fight your way out of it. Who's the one guy you're taking with you? Travis. Big Travis. Travis. Actually, I'll take Travis and Bo. I, 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 okay. I, I'll take my two uh, young bucks because, yeah, they'll, they'll make a way. What's yeah. been the difference under Gene Chizik from last year? I just felt like the energy, he's able to be more open. He's made, he's able to uh, allow the other coaches to give off their energy to us so we're able to, like, go out on the field and shine because, like, last year I just felt like we weren't more, like, everyone was – wasn't able to say what they need to say. So this year, everyone's able to say what they need to say and just, like, put in uh, what they need to against with uh, every other player. So, like, it's just able to, like, allow other people to talk, allow other people to take different coaching and stuff like that. So that's that's the big difference. With the spring over now, what do the next, I guess, three months look like for you personally and as a team as you guys get ready for fall camp? As a team, I say building a bond, getting closer and getting more focused, staying in our books and stuff like that, just getting better off season, like getting healthy, uh, like getting everybody healthy. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be the focus this uh, off season. Is there anything different for you that you're trying to do that you didn't like in the spring at all or anything that you want to get better at? I just feel like every all around I want to get better at everything. Okay. Because like just bouncing from inside to outside, I just want to be able to like play every position like with no question. So, toughest offensive lineman on this team that you go against? The toughest? Mm. The one that you know you're going to have some extra ice bath time afterwards <laughs> just because of the weight uh, practice. You got to pick somebody now. That's actually, uh, I don't know how to answer that question. I've, <laughs> I've gone against everyone and I've beat everyone. So, it's, oh, okay. nah, right. there, it's no shade, no shade. They, they're, okay. all, they're all good. So, it's right, like, right, right. so I can't really, like, really like point out like just one. But, like, one that's going to be, like, really good, though, I'll probably say, um, Actually, two big trap, not big trap, but uh, big Trey, Trayvon Green and uh, Zach Rice. They're they're gonna be some. They're okay. Gonna be good. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna let uh, we're gonna let Jabari get out of here. He's got 
places to go and people to people to hang out with. But we appreciate <laughs> houses to move. Yeah, houses yeah, to move. Literally. Mm-hmm. But we appreciate you being here, man. Yes, Look sir. forward to seeing you on, on the y'all. field in the fall. Let me let me do this before you get out of here. What does Hills for Life mean for you and guys in your position? Uh, I just feel like it's giving us the opportunity to meet new people. Giving, giving, uh, giving like the fans that able to come over and talk to us and just like really just talk to us like just open, not even just about football, just about just like life period. So that's why it's called. I feel like that's why it's called Hills for Life. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. Appreciate, Appreciate it, bro. It, my man. Yes, sir. Good luck. Thank Stay y'all. healthy. We'll see you in the fall. Yes, sir. That is from Glen High School, Kernersville, North Carolina. Javari Rissi, number five, starting us off here on our spring wrap up. And now it's is as nice as he was. Uh, things are about to get really, really rude in here. Um, we're going to bring in uh, some guys that like to patrol an area they call a no-fly zone, and they really do a great job of keeping uh, aerial attacks to a minimum. And I'm going to go north of the border, and I'm going to go south of the border for Mr. Tony Grimes from the 757 and uh, from Boiling Springs, South Carolina, stormed up. Guys, I feel... You seem rather inhospitable. Would you say that you're rude? Yeah, the most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> Got to be rude to play this sport. All right, I'm, I'm going to go with you first, Tony. Why the number change? 20 um, to 1. That's, that's what everybody wants to know. Why the number change? That's um, that 20 is sexy. Respect. The 20 is sexy. But, I'm, the, but the number one is a whole different look. Plus, I was the number one in high school. So in order to get back, well, I changed my number to get back to myself in high school, you know. Okay. So, definitely. So, because if you wear one, you, you better be able to play, right? Got to be able to play. Got to be able to play if you wear number one, 110%. Let me me ask both of y'all a question. Storm, you can get in here. Last year, I mean, obviously injured, got back and played, played well. But as a a group and as a whole and as the team, didn't do as well as expectations. Mm. What have you seen differently this spring, coming into spring practice, as far as those expectations, not only out here with the fan base, but inside that building? Honestly, if anything, I say competition. Now it's everybody's going at everybody. Like me and him every day. Like we trying to see who, who's going to win the rep, and it's really just, and, and and also accountability. Us holding each other to a standard that we needed, that we should have been doing, and that we're doing now is is something that something that's really big for us. Um, Duck touched it pretty well. Accountability and competition, but I want to say energy as well. The energy on the field is crazy, especially on the defense. Um, with a new defense, the coaching staff. Um, Coach Chase and Coach Warren, you don't expect um, a defense to really be that energetic first couple of weeks, but the first couple of days we're energetic. Right back on the field, we got new, um, new coaches. They're hyping us up. They know what they're talking about. They're setting a high standard for us that we got to reach. So. so you mentioned Charlton Warren. Obviously, Chizik, head man. Dre's still here. What has Charlton Warren brought differently for you guys? There's a lot of grins going I'm on. Here I say, I'm seeing some serious cheese. What's happening? Yeah. Coach Warren. I mean, you going here we go. Ah. I mean, because Warren brought every, he brought a lot. A lot I'll tell you stuff. that. Yeah, just he brought a lot. Techniques. Really, everything he brought was to make make us better football players, better defensive backs as a whole. Just we like just knowing a lot, knowing what everybody around us does. Just, let, just me ask, let me ask this. No, he, I want to get here. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. Um. One thing that Warren brought to us. I'm going to say it's standard. Every day he come in the room, he talks about standards. It's a standard to meet, especially for this defense. It's a standard that we have to meet, especially coming off from last year. So we don't meet that standard, he's going to be pretty upset. So that's why we bust our tails every day to meet that standard. So uh, this is this is something I noticed. First day of practice, like the very first time after y'all got out of stretch, 
he's hands-on jumping right into drills with you guys. And I think you know where I'm going with this. What does that mean for you as, as a defensive back, regardless of which DB position you're playing, to have a coach out there that's like, you know, hands-on and just showing you technique and leverage. And that's what he kept working on, was talking about leverage with, with the guys he was up against. How does that how does that, does that bring more out of you guys? Does it help you think more? Just tell us a little bit more about how that interaction works. Um, it brings football IQ, I'll tell you that. Um, the reason I say football IQ, because everything, every technique he teaches us, every leverage he teaches us is for a reason, um, and it's for a reason that we can use on the field to help us play better in college and on the, um, in the next level. So i say, yeah, definitely. So what's different about playing with Coach Warren than, than previous coaches? And I'm not I'm not asking good or bad, just what's different? Well, it's really just his mindset and his, like Tony said, the energy he brings and the standard he holds us to. And if we mess something up, we're going to repeat it till we get it right. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. He's going he's gonna, he's gonna to coach us on it and just help us out. But the energy he brings makes you want to, you know, go out there and give it your all for him. And also he has the resume behind it mm-hmm. to, to make you want to do it. Yeah, definitely and, a resume. And I was going to ask that with Gene Chizik. He's clearly got the resume, and and now he he heads the defense. What's that mean to you guys? Who, um, Warren Chizik? Oh, Chizik! Oh, Chizik! That man right there, <laughs> Chizik. Yeah. Listen, Chizik is going to hold it down. Chizik holds it down right now. Um, he definitely, as a whole, as a defense, he gonna make sure we right. Like every day, he t- takes hours of meetings. Hours just of him just talking about, you know, not just about football, but in life and what we can use from this sport into life. So, yeah. So how long did it take for those two guys to catch everybody's attention on defense side of the ball? <clears throat> First day. Day one. Day one. Day one. Day what did they say right when he walked in? What did he say? I mean, I don't know what he said, but I, but I know overall it's time to work. Put it like that. It's time to work um, and that we're going to grind this season, especially this spring, because spring we learn new schemes, new playbook. So it's for, for 15 practices, you gotta go so so what's different scheme wise that you guys like better about what coach Chizik has brought in give us corners and make plays yeah we, i mean the plays that we have like we're allowed to and make plays and, and we know what everybody else around us is doing that's the like i feel like in a defense if everybody knows what everybody around mm-hmm. him like around them do it's easier to make plays knowing where your help is. It's like what we were talking about earlier with leverage, knowing how we're going to play a guy compared, you know, compared to other coverages. So it, it seemed like last year there was a lot of miscommunication back there. <laughs> I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked like there was a lot. No, no, you're times. right. You're right. So, you're right. so what have they done to address? I mean, has that been addressed specifically, or? or you, Talk to me about that. I mean, because for those of you who can't see us, Tony is laughing hysterically. As I mean, if, there were a few times some things like, have been changed. We're yeah. clearly not on the same page right here. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Um, what I want to say is we're talking now. We, yeah. We're communicating now. Like, if we don't do anything, the one thing we're doing is we're definitely communicating. Yeah. We're definitely going to communicate with our star, our nickel, our linebackers, our D-line. We're talking. And we're going to talk to the play um, to, um, to the ball snap. Who's the biggest talker? This one? Yeah. Without hesitating a second, he said, "I will." If, okay. if Tommy's gonna Tommy's gonna go that route, I'll play ball too. Who's gonna have uh, Who's gonna have more D, more PBUs? And who's gonna have more interceptions this year? Me, me, no. <laughs> See, obviously, I mean, obviously, we gonna say me. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So if you can't pick yourselves, if you can't pick each other, and you can't pick yourselves, who else on the in defensive backfield is gonna step up? Rule boys. 
I would say the Rude Boys. I would say the Rude Boys. That's a position group. Yeah. All right. Yeah, as a group, we're going to set it off. Let me ask you this. On the other side of the ball, Mac talked in the press conference that, you know, you short some wide receivers, but you got some that can play, obviously, Josh. Um, and y'all both say y'all can stop Josh. Did I hear y'all both yeah. say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. All right. Number two. But he's good. But he's, yeah, yeah, he's, but Josh play. he's got it. Who'd he get yeah. today, though? Um, who you get today? I think it was. Uh, I don't know. Uh, was back there? No, nah, I think it was uh, Tamir. On the, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, it was well, Tamir. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Tamir. Yeah. So talk about that that position group. You guys go up against them every day. Um, our receivers is amazing. Yeah, I, I like going against our receivers. Every last um, one of them, like, it's amazing. Like, they give us that work, and it's different types of receivers, so you can see different types of things. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I think we got some of the best receivers in the country. Who have you seen in that receiver room that lined up against you this spring that maybe pulled some out of their bag that you didn't see last year? Twan Green. Really? Antoine Green. Twan Green, yeah. What was, he, mean, what was he doing? Is it better separation? Is he honestly <laughs> getting the ball? I'll tell you that. Yeah. Catching that ball. Yeah. Catching the ball. Catching I mean, the ball. Every day he's coming. Di- like, he could do so- like as far as releases. Mm-hmm. One day they could look a certain way. Then the next, the next day we come back to practice, he's doing something different based off how you're playing him and like countering off of what you're doing. But I mean, he, he that's he, veteran he, moves. He got some tools. I'll yeah, tell you he that. Definitely does. He got some tools. I think all of us who's got some tools, yeah. but Ag, yeah, Twan he got some tools. I think the yeah. fan base is gonna love hearing that. I know our subscribers have been wanting, oh, yeah. been wanting yeah. Antoine to blow up this this year. So yeah, it'll he be got good some to tools. hear that. Definitely. What about Nesbitt? Oh, yeah. Dad's going to be a big yeah. player for yeah. us. He's he's gonna gonna be like, for, yeah, he's going to be a problem for ACC, definitely. What oh, yeah. issues does he cause out wide? Oh, he's big. Huge. Yeah. He's big. And if you don't radius. move, yeah, he may just run through you. I mean, and his catch radius. radius is oh, yeah. Catch radius is amazing. Up there. So, so, so what, what are we talking expectations this year? Individual and team expectations. Realistic individual and team expectations. Tony? Um... Team expectations, of course, we want to we, we want to go all the way. We want to go in the field. That's our expectation, and we set our expectation high for because we want to meet it. And I, I'm gonna set my expectation high as well. I'm trying to I'm trying to be the best corner coming out of um, college football. What's it like having a veteran guy beside you? Oh, Storm. Thing is, when I came in, Storm been my mentor for the first time I stepped through the door. Like I looked to to Storm technique ever since I walked in from mindset, playbook, everything. So having him beside me. Having him on the field as me at the same time just boosts my level as well. So, reverse. What's it like having young guys that listen and so attentive? Oh no, it's good. Not seeing from when he first got here, and far even the young guys too, but especially when Tony first got here, seeing how far he's came as a player, technique wise, and just being a student of the game, seeing how much film he watches, the time he puts in on the weekends, late night. You know, it's a good thing to see. Well, and you a veteran, now you like old man. I know. Oh, Well, we appreciate you guys being here, and obviously uh, excited about to see what uh, what next next season holds for you. And good luck. Stay healthy. We hope to see you guys on the field very soon. Let me ask you about Hills for Life. What's it mean to you? Hills for Life. You're a Tar Heel for Life. I, I know I'm a Tar Heel for Life, but Hills for Life is just once you're a part of this family, you got to stay in the family. I mean, why leave? And you had the option to leave. I mean, you could have stepped out yeah. last year. Why'd you stay? And what's Hills for Life mean to you? Um, really, just uh, to get more with that in that aspect. Really, just get more film. But Hills for Life, um, I'd say like just what Tony said, family. Just the guy. That's also another reason why I came back. Just the playing with him, playing with all the other guys, the younger guys, seeing them, 
seeing them grow, being a being a leader, coming back, being a leader, that was that was huge for me. But Hills for Life definitely means family. Stormed up, Tony Grimes. All right, fellas. Thank you. Appreciate right, thank you. it. Appreciate, appreciate it, you. Yeah. Even though you're rude, we appreciate you taking oh, some yeah, time. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Have a good be safe. Thanks, fellas. We're going to take a quick break here on Inside Carolina Live. Special spring game, post-game edition, getting you ready for heading into the offseason. You're listening to 97 on the Hill, WCHL. Post-spring game edition, we are on Stadium Drive in Chapel Hill. Just a, I don't know, a decent Hail Mary to the, to the stadium from where we sit. And it may say spring game, but it's a bit chilly. But we're about to heat you up because one of the fastest men in the ACC is joining us right now. Uh, he was a Belitnikov finalist last year, 11th in the nation in receiving yards, first team all ACC. That's all. Josh Downs, how you feeling, man? Feeling great. Good to finish out spring on a good note and uh, get ready for the season. So coming into as, as good of a season as you had individually last year, I know the team didn't achieve a lot of things you guys wanted to achieve. What was your goal inside that team goal coming into spring practice what were you trying to get out of it what were you trying to get your teammates to get out of it uh just everybody being like more vocal communicating better uh coach chiz and uh coach warren came in and they made a lot of adjustments to the defense and helped them out a lot and then on offense we were just trying to get those uh young quarterbacks ready i mean jacoby's not really young he's the same age as me but get them ready to go <laughs> and uh, make plays so that they can be ready for the season because both of them got bright spots so we just had two of the dbs here talking to us and they were very quick to praise you i want to ask you what are some things you've seen differently out of defensive backfield whether it's lineup and coverages uh what's some things you've seen different because they've had some coaches changes mm-hmm. and they've tweaked a little bit so from your perspective what have you seen differently in these last 15 practices uh different technique uh whether it's like press man which hand they're shooting um different coverages they got a lot of new coverages that are uh i'll definitely say they're they're harder to get open on than it was last year but um, Coach Warren is a guru, and he's been he's been to Georgia. He's been a lot of different places, so he knows what he's doing. And uh, I see I've seen a lot more discipline from the DBs this spring. Josh, going into last season, um, obviously we remember the Orange Bowl. Your performance there last season was unbelievable. Coming into this year, what was the one thing, one or two things you needed to work on personally to get better to improve on last year? Uh, I've, well, first off, I want to start playing outside receiver more and not just being a slot. Uh, I caught one touchdown today out there. But um, other than that, I'll just say being more disciplined inside the play. And Because, uh, I mean, I'm a guy that likes to get open whenever I can, but sometimes my job is to get somebody else open, so I got to just run my route to get my teammate open so he can make a play, he can score a touchdown. So I feel like those are the main two things for me to um, – get better at coming into the spring, and I feel like I improved on those. Yeah, one thing in the spring game showed us, you still get open when you need to. <laughs> what, what, it's, it's more than when he needs to. It's almost every time. It's like, I mean, it was like, uh-oh. Was it Tommy or Brown you got? Yeah, it was like, uh-oh. Uh, I thought it was Storm for a second. <laughs> yeah. All we know is the Storm and Tony denied it, so it, might, it must have been yeah. somebody else. <laughs> but, uh, but that being said, you want to play different positions on the field and all that stuff. You know, how does that affect who else is out there? Bryson Nesbitt can line up inside and outside. Does that help you to be able to have the flexibility? What's a guy like that do for this team? Uh, it does a lot. I mean, I, I'd like to line up everywhere. I mean, I line up running back, outside receiver slot. I mean, Bryson can line up in the uh, slot and outside, so sometimes we'll be out there. And we'll basically, we won't do rock, paper, scissors, but we'll go up to each other and be like, <laughs> which position you want? And he'll be like, I'll get either one. And I'll be like, shoot, I'll take outside this position. He'll go in the slot. So it's just whatever with him because he can play inside and out. He's a really versatile guy. He's a, he's like a tight end slash receiver, but he's he's got the athleticism of a receiver. He's like a Kyle Pitts type guy. So him, having him out there, 
he's going to take a lot of pressure off me, I feel like, because he's going to make a lot of plays early in the season, and people are going to have to worry about him. So it's going to be – and then Antoine Green, of course, is a great player too. So we're going to have a good uh, offense with great skill players. So is it a Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey type duo? Is that what uh, you're telling me? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I, I, that's, a, that's a different duo. So I, mean, I can't say yeah, and then we don't do it. But we'll see. Uh, how How much pressure was it on you last year to perform every single play? Because, I mean, obviously – Sam looked at you a ton, but it was because you were open. Yeah. Did you feel that pressure of you had to make a play nearly every play? Um, I didn't feel like a lot of, like, uh, I kind of say I felt some pressure sometimes, and I felt like it was uh, not all on me, but I would be like, dang, like, they're kind of doubling me right now, and I feel like if I'm not making a play, we're not, we're not doing a lot. But this year I feel like we have different guys that can help, and um, I'm not really – so much is worried about I got to catch this, this amount of balls every game. It's, we got to win this game, and whoever makes the play, whoever makes the play, that's all that matters. What did When you were doing it last year, my bad, Gregory. I'm trying to get Gregory. <laughs> He's like, you're next. Oh, no, I'm going to go now. Defer. Uh, did you realize what kind of year you were having in it, like in the moment? Uh, not really. I really didn't because, uh, I mean, I was with uh, talking with one of my NIL partnerships, and uh, he, I was just, he was like, we were at a restaurant. He was like, bro, he's like, you don't realize like you're, you're you have like the best that's in the nation. And I was just like, yeah, but I didn't look at it like that. I was just like, I, I could have done this better or that better. So I really didn't like realize it a whole bunch. But then I mean, at the end of the season, I saw the numbers and I was up there. So I was just I was grateful and I was blessed to be able to do that. So, but I, I mean, I have a lot to improve on, and I mean, I should, I possibly should have a better season this year. So. This time last year, opposing defenses didn't really know what they were going to be getting mm-hmm. when they were lining up across from you. Yeah. Now they obviously do after mm-hmm. you've set records and yards, catches, and, and things like that. Yes, sir. Mac Brown's talked a lot about how they've lined you up to where defenses can't bracket. Mm-hmm. How, what What are you doing other than just moving around to really focus on not really being able to be contained at all? Because, I mean, we saw you get open today, yeah. but these guys have seen you for a while. Mm-hmm. Defenses... They they're ready for you. Yeah. Like they know you're going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean it goes on the back of just meeting with Coach Longo, meeting with Coach Galloway, because they I mean they know and I know I know I can't just line up in a slot every play because at the end of the day they can just run a double team bracket and they can take me out the game. So whether it's motioning from this side of the field to that side of the field, line up at wide out, line up at running back, and mixing it up, uh, pretty much every other play. I mean, because that I mean that's what it's going to take. I mean because we got to get the matchup. And, I mean, sometimes I'm going to have to eat that double team and let somebody else on my team get the one-on-one and let them make a play. So at the end of the day, it'll work out. I'm not I'm not too stressed about it. we got time to worry about it. And we'll see in uh, August against FAMU and the other teams we play how they're going to play me. So number seven's not out there throwing you balls anymore. Mm-hmm. What, Jacoby Criswell, Drake May, uh, what do you like out of, out of each of those guys? And you obviously got a touchdown from each of them today, mm-hmm. didn't you? Yes, sir. I mean, I like both of them. Jacoby... Jacoby has a great arm, great natural arm talent. I mean, he's a, he's a baller, and Drake has great IQ, and he, he got a good arm himself. So I really don't mind who's in there too much. I like catching from both of them, and I always tell them either way, I'm going to be open. So just look my way. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like I like playing with both of them. And then Connor Harrell's good, too. He's young, but he's he's going to get there, and he's, he's going to be really good. So you're listening to Inside Carolina Live's post-spring game breakdown. We're here with Heels for Life today talking to some of the, the current UNC roster. Just kind of getting their feel on how the spring game went and how they feel now wrapping up spring practice. We're talking with Josh Downs. Josh, be honest with us. What's the When you see the defense in this 
you're like, okay, I'm housing this, or you know you're going to be like, what? What's the? What's your favorite thing to see when you line up on line of scrimmage to see a defense set up in? Uh, I like. Well, it depends on where I'm at. If I'm at wideout, uh, and I have a specific play called, I don't want to just like throw the play out. But I like. Let's say I know I'm going deep. Uh-huh. I like when I. I know I like when I know I got a one on one, and I know the safety's not on my side of the field. Or if I'm in the slide, I'm in three by one at, at the three. And I know I got that safety one-on-one. I'm like, yeah. I was like, I like that. It just, it, there's just certain coverage I can recognize, and I'm like, yeah, I, I got that one. Uh, so really, man-to-man. I just love getting man-to-man. And then if, even if it's a bracket sometimes, I know how to break it. So man-to-man is probably my favorite thing. You when told you a linebacker on you. I'm sure you're just Yeah, linebacker. Easy. I don't even need to speak on that. That's, that's not fair. That's, 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 <laughs> that's <laughs> a given. We said earlier we made a couple of uh, NFL references. Who do you – are there guys that you like to pattern your game after or the guys where – you know, maybe they have certain skill sets that you want to try to emulate that you think might help you have a, a really long, successful career? Um, well, well, Coach, Coach Longo, he always tried to compare me to Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think, like, Tyreek is a different type of fast, but I, I feel like we may have some similar things to our game. Uh, but when I was young, I mean, Tavon Austin was a guy I like to look at. Uh, route running, I mean, I love Odell Beckham. I mean, I love uh, trying to model my routes after Odell. I feel like we have similar movements. And then uh, Elijah Moore on the Jets, he's a rookie, but um, I've definitely watched a lot of Elijah Moore's tape. And I feel like, I mean, Coach Longo coached him, and he said we were very similar, and uh, and he's like, and a lot of people don't know that. So Elijah Moore is one of the guys that I definitely look at, and I try to model my game after a little bit. So what was your wow moment? What's, what's been your wow moment on the field? Um, Like wow isn't good or bad? Either Both. One. All right, shoot. Wow, wow isn't bad was Notre Dame freshman year. I got I got smacked. And I, I was like, well, this is college football. I was like, <laughs> I was like, whoa. But then the wild moment was probably, good moment was probably against Texas A&M. I, I really felt like, oh, I can do this because I didn't, before that game, like, I hadn't played a lot in a year, but Coach Longo came up to me and was like, we're riding with you this game. So, it, like, basically it's on you. And I was like, oh, snap. I was like, I ain't even played all year, but uh, I felt like I could do it from that game. I, I got blessed and I scored two touchdowns, and I really felt like, I'm meant to be here, and um, that I was like, I can have a successful career. I just got to put the work in. So when you see Sam go like that in that orange bowl, <laughs> what uh, are you thinking? That's I it. knew that was a touchdown. I, we were we were already on the same page. I knew he was pointing me that, in that direction. I was going to go there anyway. So uh, we were we were on the same page. Mm-hmm. So uh, just before you, we asked Tony and Storm uh, if they could cover you, and they both said yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you trying to start fights in the locker room? Uh, for those <laughs> not watching, he bent over laughing at that yeah, comment. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. if that's true. All this I'm is why not, we can't uh, have nice things. No, nah, they they both they're both great players. Um, uh, they may have their days sometimes, but consistently, I don't think anybody can can consistently guard me. But uh, Storm Duck is a really good football player. I, that Storm Duck is a really good football player, and uh, Tony Tony Long he got good technique too. So some days they have theirs, but. So I'm going to get mine, too, so it's just back and forth. What Seals for Life mean to you? And what's, what's it been for a guy like Shaquille Rashad to sort of help you guys out with the Seals for Life deal? Uh, it means a lot. I mean, he's he's there for us. I mean, whenever we need him, he's there. And, I mean, he, they're working hard behind the scenes to help us out and um, help us in the long run. So it's definitely good to have them there um, to help us with NIL and different things like that. And it means a lot that Carolina cares. And uh, Mac Brown is putting implementing something to help us there, not just, like, well, NIL is not really a part of the group program, so we're not going to do it. But, now nah, he's helping us out, and he's doing something to change it. So um, I really appreciate that. Well, Josh, we appreciate you taking time, man. Good luck on uh, on having a great summer. And I look forward to seeing you on the field in the fall and 
stay healthy. All that stuff you got to do, we can't wait to see you. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thank you. That's Josh Downs, Mr. All Everything from the receiver position for the Tar Heels last year and moving forward. Uh, He's here thanks to our friends from Heels for Life. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and come back. We've got more goodness from you coming straight out of the locker room. Uh, We've got some former players here that are going to talk to us. Just stick around. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, We're still right here on Stadium Drive. Thanks to all our friends. Kenny back at the studio keeping us on the air. We'll be back with a couple more UNC Tar Heels and more to wrap up the season. Here on Inside Carolina Live on 97.9 The Hill, WCHL. Gregory Hall is with us for Inside Carolina Live, but he can't be bothered because he's eating his lunch. He's eating burger. Tommy had a burger. Did uh, yeah, Coulter, uh, for bringing <laughs> thanks, us. Thanks, Coulter. I didn't want anything. I'm good. Coulter I appreciate looks it. After his friends. Listen, we've we've had a great string of Tar Heel guests so far, and I have no reason to think that things are going to change uh, because we have one of the best block eaters. In the ACC right now, Dudley Zone, Mr. Miles Murphy. Miles, how you feeling, man? Doing good. How y'all doing? Good. Appreciate you. Appreciate you being on with us. Uh, you look warm. You're I'm quite warm. jealous. I'm quite jealous of the warmth right yeah, it's now. It's quite cold out here. I have to put the jacket <laughs> on. <laughs> so, I, I will say, I think Tar Heel fans and, and Inside Carolina subscribers got to see a lot out of you last year um, because you played a lot, and, and they got to see you kind of elevate your game. In a situation where, while you may not have had all the experience in the world, you were very reliable. Um, you're playing next to some other guys that didn't have as much experience. Can you tell us what it felt like to come out of a season where you guys maybe didn't meet the expectations you had for yourselves, but you obviously had a great season and were able to kind of improve in a lot of different ways? How did you feel coming into this spring, and what did you want to accomplish? Yeah, this spring, I just want to do what I did last year, like get to the ball, make more plays for the defense. Coach Chase, he grew, he threw it off like, he threw some like good plays for us to execute, so I really had to just do that and just get after it. What has Coach Chiswick brought that maybe you hadn't been able to experience under different coaches? What are some things that he's brought in that you really, really feel like have made you a better player, or some things that have made you just things you enjoy more uh, over the course of a practice and, and looking forward towards a game and a scrimmage? Like he makes it fun. We do like competition points, so every time we get a sack or it's a pick, PBU, anything like that. We just get points for it, and it makes the like competition rise in the room. All right, so who's got the most points? You got you bring I it up. I got to hear. It. Do you? Yeah. So who's the king? Yeah. So yeah. What are, where, where are you getting most of your points out of? Sacks, CBUs, tackle for loss. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I, I know that was something that you uh, you did a great job of last year too. Looking at your stats was, uh, I think you had uh, six six tackles in the game against uh, in the game against South Carolina yeah. in, in the bowl game. So uh, you, you're definitely got some momentum going on into the the offseason. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Miles Murphy, uh, defensive tackle, defensive. Supreme, extraordinaire, whatever you want to call him, for the Tar Heel football team on the front four here on Inside Carolina Live. Are you at tackle or nose more? I'm at tackle right now. Okay. Right yeah. now, like Saturday evening. Like, I could be at in one day or tackle <laughs> right. one day. It really don't matter to me. I've seen a lot of movement. What's, what's that been like? It's been real good, especially when I get the one-on-ones. When I get the one-on-ones, one-on-ones is over. Yeah, it's over. Mm. Mm. Yeah. One-on-ones against Carolina's offensive line? I mean, anybody be real. I'm be real. <laughs> <laughs> Not just our line, just anybody in general. You mentioned Chizik coming in and the competition deal. What did the players, I mean, I take it as, as a unit and as a group, you guys enjoy that competition because it's all about that mm-hmm. every day. So Chizik's approach, has that been like, were you worried when he was coming in? Were you excited when he was coming in? What was the mood in that locker room? Knowing you've got this guy coming in who's got a resume, mm-hmm. who's got a way, he's going to do it his way because he's done it and it's worked. 
How was that mood when he got there? Yeah, we was excited because, like, he has a national championship, so we got to learn from him. So we was just excited to get to it. Did he clean slate you guys, or did he go off film? Or, or how did that work when you got him and then you got Charlton Warren on mm-hmm. the back end? How did how did he approach it for all of y'all that made y'all comfortable? He was just he made what he met with everybody one on one. Like he had talked to us last year, like what we could do better last year, and I told him I was just trying to get better at pass rushing and um, defending the run. And with that, what what's the process of separating them to where you can improve at stopping the run? Because mm-hmm. I know at the practice on Thursday, a whole session was dedicated to inside run, third and three, and whatnot. But then you also have got a whole section dedicated to one-on-ones pass rush. How do you segment them to where you can really improve at each individually? You just got to take it at one play at a time, really. So inside run, you just, you know it's run, so you're just going to have to buckle up and get ready for it. And pass rush, you're just going to have to get ready too. Got the blitzes coming. Got to know what kind of blitz you're going to run, so you're going to get after it. We asked Javari this, but what's your go-to move that you love to do when you're trying to get past the guy one-on-one? Stutter bull or hit you with a club. It don't matter. Whatever you'll go for, you bite on, I'm going to get you with it. So basically, you just go all in, and you know you're going to get by him. Yeah, I don't think there's nobody really that can defend my bull rush, for real. What was your uh, wow moment when you got to college? What what made you, Josh said the hit against Notre Dame out mm-hmm. here a couple years ago. What was your moment when you realized, you oh, this is college football now? Yeah, when I broke my hand my freshman year. But I kept playing with it because I really wanted to play my freshman year, so... Well, then when I broke my hand, I was just like, yeah, I got to play. So it really hit me then. That was a different type of club move. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, when, I was, when I was in games with the club, the refs was just like, just watch out. for it's, it's really a weapon when I uh, swing it. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'll, it was like that. beat you with my club. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, w- one of the things I think you've improved your game on is, is not saying, I said occupying blocks starting the game. And for folks that, that may not know as well, that's not necessarily a bad thing for a guy that's playing inside to do is to, is to occupy mm-hmm. linemen. But you seem like you've gotten better about uh, attacking or your yeah. point of attack off off the snap. Mm-hmm. What's something you feel like you've improved on and could also continue to get better at to kind of take your game to that next level? Yeah, like eating them double teams. Like I've been eating them double teams all spring. Like I've been disrupting practice, so they really game plan for us in practice. So we really can't do nothing in the spring game. So <laughs> I ate up like eight double teams a day. So that's what I really try to work on. Now, if if you're going up against, you know, and again, we asked the other lineman this too, so we're not singling you out. Mm-hmm. You're lined up against somebody one on one. Who's the one guy you know is going to give you the most trouble right now? Not not saying anybody's going to beat you regularly, but who do you think is going to give you the most trouble out of the, out of the offensive side? Um, I'll say last year it was Marcus McKeith and me and him we used to do one on ones every time. Like we used to get each other better almost every day. Like right now, I'll say Ed, Ed Monsters, yeah. yeah, Ed, yeah. Mm-hmm. What what about Ed's game and just him going out like? Why do you say that? Because, like, when I bull him sometime, he'll sit on it, but then I make a counter move, but he'll still sit on that too. So sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. He's just really good at, like, reading what I do. Gotcha. So he, he sees what you're about to do and, like, anticipates it kind of deal? Kind of, so, sort of like that. Uses it against you. Like, he's, he's yeah. going old man on you. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's that, that's Plus, exactly. we do, like, pass rush every day, so you can't really do that many moves without right. them knowing what you're going to do. At a certain at a certain point, you've you've used up your your repertoire. That in a game, yeah. it doesn't really matter. It's sixty minutes, but in yeah. fifteen press, practices, you press spin or juke. Yeah. As many times <laughs> as you can press it. Let me ask you a question. The young guys coming in, obviously, everybody mm-hmm. talks about Travis Shaw. Yeah. Um, but you got you're a veteran now. You got Vahasic's a veteran. Um, how is having multiple guys coming in there going to benefit a guy like Miles Murphy? 
Hey, when Ray come back, he going to eat them double teams up for me. <laughs> hey, hey, and I'm going to be one-on-one Somebody's got to be free, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, when, when Ray comes he going to eat them double teams up for me. KJ been doing a little bit, but when Ray comes back, he draws a lot of attention to um offensive line. So when he comes back, you're going to have to double somebody. So he had knows they're going to have to double him, and it's going to be give me a one-on-one. Who, who's going to surprise us? If, if you're talking to the Carolina fan base and you're fresh out of spring practice going into not that long until FAMU comes in here, mm-hmm. who on that defensive line, not named you, mm-hmm. is going to surprise us? I got two. I got um, Dez Evans and Travis Shaw. What, why so? What's, and we've seen Dez before. What, mm-hmm. What's Dez done this offseason and this spring that's really going to turn heads? Like Right now he's not an outside linebacker. He's at the end. He's straight rushing now. He don't got to worry about dropping. So in practice, they've been game planning for him, too, because he's been whooping the offensive tackles all day. So, yeah. So so let me break in on to a little inside Carolina <laughs> stuff. Last year, he and I had a bet on sacks. Oh, has he paid that bet yet? He has not I paid the bet. Okay. He will, had though. Dez Evans would lead the team in sacks. Yeah. I had Taman Fox. Oh, y'all counting me out. That's crazy. I didn't know. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. I, I, I freely admit it, even though, but but Des didn't didn't get it done last year. Mm-hmm. Has the scheme change and Chiswick being in there and getting it back right where he doesn't have to worry about this stuff, is, is that going to help not just him but other guys at that position? Yeah, it's going to help everybody because right now we straight rushing. Everybody on that four down defensive line, we straight rushing against a quarterback. And see, and, and that's the other thing is, is Chiswick's known for, for simplifying things for mm-hmm. players. Do you feel from your position, do you feel like things are easier? Yeah, way easier. So give, give give our listeners an example of what does that mean? So you're, whether you you know whether you're playing the three or the nose, what does that make you feel better about? Uh, you know what makes it easier for you? What's different mm-hmm. now versus versus before? What what types of things are going through your mind? Right now we're not running a lot of stunts, and when we do run stunts, they're like blitzes. So somebody's gonna have to get open. Mm-hmm. So it's really like the blitz packages we got. I mean. It's a and, line and of. I took Taman Fox because he's the old guy, mm-hmm. and I'm the old guy out here. So you yeah. old guy's got to run the yeah, guy. Yeah, you got to go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Gregory. I was just say, I mean, it's a line, and we saw it today. You at defensive tackle, mm-hmm. you got Hester at nose, yeah. and Vahasik will come in and fill that role, right, a little mm-hmm. bit, and then the Jack with Noah Taylor, Chris Collins, and that, like that. Those four. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, raising double teams. Yeah, they might try to eat you a double team. Now you got. One lineman, so guard, like, get two D linemen. <laughs> That's also a lot of experience too, which yeah. is not something that the North Carolina has had a lot of yeah. since you've been here. Where you've got that many guys with that many reps. You're listening to Inside Carolina Live, post spring game coverage. I'm Joey Powell. We're talking with Miles Murphy from Greensboro, North Carolina. All right, so we made the old head joke a second ago. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're, you're one of the one of the vets now? Do you does it does it still feel like you just got here, or do you feel like you're you're talking to these young guys as an old head now? I say kind of both because I really just got here, really. So I'll say kind of both. Like I lead the team. What we doing? Like team, we go against the offense. So yeah, I'll say kind of both. Have you tried to step up and be an, an alpha dog? I know Mac mentioned Michael Carter kind of called out that there weren't enough. Have, yeah. have you tried to? live up to that role a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I try to lead by example. Like, making plays in practice, I try to lead by example. And then, do you help, like, if someone makes a, like, a, like you see a guy in the one-on-ones mm-hmm. get beat, right? When, yeah. when they shouldn't have, they either, their move was wrong, or they did the right step. Do you take guys aside and, and talk in their ear a little bit? Yeah, I like Malachi Hamrick, he, we just talked about this, like, a couple of days in practice, he's real fast off the edge, so when he makes moves, the offensive lineman is going to bite on it. So when he try to make that move, like he got to know how to counter it when that doesn't work. So I talked to him about that all, like all the freshmen. 
taught him how to counter the moves. When did Malachi make the switch from linebacker to Jack? Because I saw at the beginning of practice he was working with Sebastian Cheeks and working with Cedric, yeah. the inside guys. When when did he make that move to outside? Because that caught me off guard a little bit on, on Thursday. I, was, I really don't know. All I remember is I see him line up against me, I line up beside me one day, and I was like, yeah, we got to get out of now. I really don't know. <laughs> I love it. I mean, he's, he's itching out the bit. He's got three months until he can practice. Exactly. Yeah. Miles, I want to I ask you, I, I know that you know you had a lot of accolades coming out of high school. Um but it looks like, you know, defensive line, from my standpoint, looks like probably a position where guys' bodies can change the most mm-hmm. due to strength and conditioning and, and nutrition and all that. What are your thoughts, and how do you feel like you've gotten stronger working with Coach Hess and the other strength coaches on this on this staff, and how do you feel like they've made you a better in-game player? I feel like they got me way stronger. Like my first year, I couldn't really squat how I wanted to, so they hit me with that, and I'm really strong in my quads. So that helped me burst off the ball, drive offensive linemen in the backfield, do whatever I want, really want to do. Is it is it for them? Is it is it all is it technique type stuff, or is it really just building certain muscle groups? I mean, you mentioned mm-hmm. you mentioned squat translating to your explosion off the ball. Mm-hmm. Is there other things you feel like that they're doing maybe that kind of can keep you healthy or can mm-hmm. help you recover quicker? Help folks, our listeners, understand that a little bit better. Yeah, we do like mobility exercises. Like we'll like work on our glutes, work on our elbows, so make sure there's no injuries. That's uh, and again, when you're running into other 300 pound people mm-hmm. on a regular basis, that's got to help a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so fun question. When, when we're making our preseason bets for Saturday, <laughs> am I picking you? Is A, yeah. is a, a. going to keep me up? Hey, I'm telling you, bet on me, man. Okay. I'm so. telling you. What's uh, by the way? Is this, is this considered insider trading? Yeah, it this is, is it. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, but I'm gonna say that y'all can bet on whoever y'all want to. But I'm saying. It's, it's just ugly. I'm telling I you. I'm take help eight. me, help me understand. Yeah, when did when did it become for all the big dudes to get ugly numbers? When did that start? Ugly numbers. We, that's, hey, you got you got little stupid uh, digits. Look, we, we've already had, we've already had a five, a come four, a five, a we six, a four. An eight, all seven. y'all wearing these ugly numbers now. What's, yeah. When did that start? They got to mimic the thing? guy yeah. they're about to go sack, right? But it's yeah. like it's like if you got a single digit, you better be able to play. Yeah, that's that's really what it was. That's where I'm getting at. Cause like I told Cause I wanted number eight. Like you better do something with it. If I'm gonna give it to you, I got it. That's why Gregory, you'd roll out there in like yeah. 67 or something. That's disrespectful. That's just harsh. That's just What's harsh. your relationship like with Tim Cross? Oh, it's real close. Like He taught me almost everything I know to get to this point right now. Well, how is he? Because, I mean, he's been here. Is this thir- fourth year? Did he recruit you at all? Yeah, yeah. Back. him okay. and um, Coach Galloway. Since you guys have been here for a similar amount of time, mm-hmm. how have you seen him address changes in the defensive line more than, as you guys have tried to get better? Yeah, he brings a lot of energy to us. Like, we watch films sometime. We'll just talk about how everybody can improve. He brings a lot of energy to the table, and he makes sure we're doing what we can and um, be successful. So basically there's no no slacking with Tim Cross? Nah, at all. Yeah. He can get real passionate sometimes. He can just cross sometimes because he's so passionate about the game. And that's it. We just feed off that. You feel me? Like, we just going to feed off that. We're going to play hard, as hard as we can. So expectations last year were really high. And it was mm-hmm. an average season, maybe. Yeah. Um, individual guys had great seasons. Mm-hmm. What's it been like in that building getting ready for this season this year? Yeah, we've just been locked in. We're ready for the season. Like, We're we ready right now, to be honest. Like, so, well, everybody's like not still here yet. When everybody comes back, yeah, it's going to be scary. So everybody's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to get this bet thing right because I got to win this. <laughs> hey, go ahead. Oh, he we haven't hey. even seen Cayman Rucker this year. Yeah. Oh, so that's what the butcher could yes. come back and he ain't gonna Cayman pay you. I don't know why you're worried. So about he's, about a, he's a double digit. He's 25. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Well, now. I was here running. <laughs> don't talk about the butcher like that. No, we talked to his daddy enough. I'm not going. I'm not going <laughs> bother to riff. 
Uh, Miles, it's been great to have you on here. Let me ask you this. What's it mean to be a part of the Carolina program? What's it mean to be part of this Heels for Life initiative in the NIL? Hey, it says it for itself. Heels for Life. We Heels for Tar Heels for Life, man. We take that with pride. In-state guy. Yeah. Playing an in-state school. Mm-hmm. That was big um, for me. That, yeah. Talk about that, that decision to make come here and all that. What did that mean? It, it was real good because I could have went, like, almost anywhere. So I was like, when I met Coach Cross, I met Coach Brown, it was really sincere. So I was like, yeah, I, I want to come here bad. Plus, I want to see my, my family to see me play. So it really was a no-brainer for me. Well, Miles, we appreciate it, man. Best of luck to you. Have a great off season. Yes, sir. We'll see you on the turf in the fall and hope that hope you're lighting things up. Look, mm-hmm. maybe I'll just take Miles and let both of y'all lose. No, I'm gonna y'all, y'all bet on who y'all want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in. Miles is going to get his 15 sack after exactly. I take Cayman. He's going to look at me in a press man, conference I'm and be like, I tried numbers. to tell you, bro. <laughs> I'm going for some numbers. So where are we going? What, what am I setting the over-under on? Because yeah, we do what's, that too. What, what's the over-under What's your for? sack number next year? Is it over-under your number? I'm going to try to get over my number. I'm trying to get right. over my number. All right. So we're going to set, set over-under Murphy sacks at eight and a half. All right. All right. Mind you this now. I got you. Miles yelling out there going, you need two. Hey, I feel you. I, feel, I need that. Miles, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk at you sometime very soon. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Yes, sir. And good luck to you, all right? Take care all of right. yourself. Be healthy. You're listening to Inside Carolina Live. Look, spring game is now wrapped up. we got to give Miles some 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 props because my man stayed out here and did a, a much longer interview than anybody else, filled up a whole segment. Um, and we got to give him props because he waited for all the pretty guys yeah, that's, that's 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 a lineman's that's a lineman's mentality for you. He uh, leaned the trenches. He hung, he hung it around. Let all the <laughs> let all the skill position players get their stuff so they could get out of here. And he's he's toughing it out. But uh, we appreciate it. Um, if you guys still want to come by, we still got some swag. We'll probably be out here for another hour. I'll still be out here with no food. Thanks, Coulter. Uh, but uh, we we appreciate everybody joining us. Kenny's got us uh, sounding really good back in the studio as best he can. Anyway, AJ is on site, making sure things do not catch fire and and combust. But uh, Gregory uh, has been asking good questions. I don't know why. I don't know where this has been all season. Now he's got the good questions today. Tommy is here. Um, Shaquille Rashad for Heels for Life. So come by. We'll be here for a little bit longer. We appreciate you joining us here on Inside Carolina Live on 97.9 The Hill, WCHL. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast it's that going love getting a little metallica to get the second hour going i'm tommy ash that's joy powell hills for life initiative today um if you're joining us late You've missed some of the current players. We'll go over them a bit in a little bit. But big shout out to those kids for coming by right after a spring game, too. Yeah, it's Miles impressive. Murphy here just a second mm-hmm. ago. Josh Downs, Storm, Tony Grimes. I mean, just been a, a great group so far. And now we bring we bring the old heads. See, well, I is, just want to sing the San Diego Supercharger song. Can we do that for Dean? Is that cool? <laughs> you are going old head, long time. <laughs> So we bring in uh, – uh, somebody that's a contemporary of mine, Mr. Deems May. How you doing, Deems? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. What a, what a good day. What a fun time. I'm on the board for Heels for Life, so thanks to everybody, especially you guys for doing it, for promoting it on Inside Carolina. Uh, like it or not, it's here, and we got to do it. NIL's here. It's great for these kids to get a little bit of money in their pocket. Fans get some neat merchandise. All our guys are great kids that, that sign autographs and take pictures, and nothing wrong with them getting a little bit of money, and we've got to be able to to compete with other schools we're going to have to embrace this and and we really appreciate buck and everybody and inside you guys for for promoting it and doing such a great job with it and it's been a good day and some good kids i think diego pounds just walked in we'll probably talk to him as well but just want to say thank you very much as a, as a board member of hills for life for doing this well we all understand what goes into being well not a fi- i didn't do it but i know plenty <laughs> of you guys who are college athletes and what you went through to do this to to perform for the fans and it is nothing better than seeing people give back to that and and so what you guys are doing is really helpful for the university we were talking down in new orleans and uh i know you were down there as well talking about other schools and their nil programs mm-hmm. duke and, and you know kansas some of the football programs and all and it's just unbelievable what is going on and like you said like it or not it's here it's here and mm-hmm. uh you have to have it to compete and quite frankly I'm old school, so it's sad. Yeah. But uh, I understand how how it changes. So it's pretty cool to have you and Shaquille Rashad and all these, and get all these guys something. Let me ask you uh, about today. Right. What's it like coming back as a former guy, coming back every spring to see um, the product that Mike mm-hmm. Brown's putting on the field? Because last year, <laughs> clearly, Watton, you know, wasn't as good as anybody thought it would be. But the excitement's back. Mac understands how to build that excitement. 
what do you see here today that makes you excited for the fall? Oh man, I tell you, um, simplicity, a little, uh, an, uh, um, uh, just a general calmness out there on the field mm. that's been missing. Um, communication that was not erratic and sporadic and screaming and yelling and jumping up and down and and uh, lining up football players who were talented in, in right spots and letting them play football and not think. You can't play any game if you're thinking. Um, I think from a defensive standpoint, what I like the most I saw was I, I saw just about every gap field. Mm-hmm. Whether they got beat or not, you're going to get beat. I saw contain on the outside, even when Criswell threw that nice pass to Downs, our defensive end was in the right spot, made him pull up, made him throw a harder pass than he would have had to had he lost contain on that side. I saw good push up front. I saw some flat backs on the offensive line. I saw some line, some linebackers filling holes. Uh, just from a macro standpoint, without getting into individual names, I just saw a general calmness that I haven't seen in a while. And it was very refreshing. That is a, a definite because over the last couple of years, we've gotten used to seeing mm-hmm. guys jump around wondering where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So you nailed it right there. And that, that alone is a huge, yes. uh, that's a huge thing for this team. And then you can talk about the individual, um, accolades and the performances and all that. Mm-hmm. But I like what you said. As long as they're in the right place, right. Yeah. guys are going to get beat. Mm-hmm. You can live with that. Absolutely. Um, but you can't live with guys all over the place. And so that's uh, 100%. Deems nailed that, Joey. No, uh, calmness is a great word, too. And you're listening to Inside Carolina Live. I'm Joey Powell. He's Tommy Ashley. We're talking with Deems May. Deems played, uh, played a long time in the NFL, but also uh, was here for Mac Brown 1.0. And, and so <laughs> has, has been able to see uh, Mac as a coach the first time, has now seen Mac the second time. Deems, one of the things I noticed today is just when you think about Mac as a CEO, you think about a head coach now as a CEO, I don't know that there's a better example of it now than watching how he handles a practice where you hear his voice everywhere. It's the voice of God just coming over <laughs> the PA all the time. Right. But he sees everything and lets the coaches coach. Yeah. How, do, how, does, how do you feel like that works today with, with this current crop of players, but even in now in kind of current times is how different it was than, than when you were playing? Yeah, I tell you, I, he's a lot less hands-on, I think, right now. I think he, he has an immense trust in, in Phil. Um, I think, and, and we all know the, the relationship with, with uh, Coach Chiswick, Gene, and, and with, but I, I think the last three years, the numbers that, that Phil's put up on offense, I mean, obviously with a great quarterback, but uh, he he trusts him to do, do now he's going to put his hands on some stuff in the red zone. He talked about that in all season. Uh, he's not real thrilled about some things we've done there and our and our lack of of converting touchdowns instead of field goals. So he's going to he's going to tinkle with, a little trinkle with it, hit a little bit here and there. But um, I don't. He's not going to do a lot on defense. You know, you got Charlton Warren, yeah. you got Tommy. He's been around a long time, and and they they and and both those guys have a history with Chiswick. And and again. I just was watching, and I went to the Blue Zone on purpose because I wanted to watch that 4-3. I wanted to watch mm-hmm. the guys with just the simplicity. And one thing I saw that I can't believe that jumped out to me the most was just on a simple slot motion to the weak side. All the three fists for the linebackers and the safeties went up. One fist at the same time. They made about a four-yard shift to where the motion was going, and then the ball was snapped, and they were in the right spot. Yeah. And right there, uh, right there, my day was made. I mean, I was like, I don't care what happens after that. We didn't have linebackers running in each other. We didn't have a bunch of circles and a bunch of screaming. We had one fist up at the same time for everybody, and they shifted at the same time. It looked like a ballet, and I loved it. And on the flip side of that, I was watching the offensive line. One simple twist. We had we had our center in there. We had our guards, guards in there. 
you know, the, the, the nose guard goes out or three technique goes out, the center chases, and then he feels him going away. It was a simple simple twist. Tackle comes back around, center's right there and hits him. We hit it. My day was finished. There's there. the handoff. That's the first. That's the first. <laughs> I was plays. done. Those two plays, as simple as they you sound, go home and, and, and made it. Night. I was done. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, I was done, Tommy, because yeah. we couldn't pick up a simple twist. Like that. It's funny you say that. My, so, so Mike Eggersall, also former offensive lineman, Letterman on Inside Carolina. That was one of the things that, that we would text about during games last year was the inability to pick it's up a simple, simple twist. Right. Any twist game was going to totally just butcher our offensive and line. They, so. and teams did it. Over and over. You find it, it works. Why would you stop? And and so it's another thing when you mention the calmness and when you saw, you know, guys adjusting properly and shifting properly today. It's one of the things I don't think fans recognize until it's not there. Yeah. You know, so you get used to the chaos before snap. You get used to guys running on and running off. And then you realize, oh, it's not supposed to be this way. And you bring that back out there. So one of the things we want to attribute that to, to, to Chizik and Warren coming back. But but from your experience, both in college and in the NFL, and watching ball for so long and being involved with it, can you can you understate, uh, or I'm sorry, can, maybe can you overstate the value in having veteran coaches who have worked together on the same staff? And I think it's it's invaluable. Um, they they already know before they came in. A great example was Coach Bicknell coming in right one yep. day before spring practice starts, but he knows all the terminology because he's already worked with. With Phil before, yep. Tommy and 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 Ch- has worked with Chiswick. You know, the Charlton's worked with Chiswick, um, and then you know, Coach Cross. He he knows the mm-hmm. he, he knows the, what we're going to run if we're going to run an even or an odd front. That's not real hard, and when you're running two or three fronts and two or three coverages, any coaches coach as long as these coaches have are going to pick it up within a day. Yep. So again, I, I harped on a, every game last year. After every game, I just wanted to have a snap. Wanted to be looking, being ready to play and not looking at the sideline for a snap. So my expectations were really low, and, and, and they, they were exceeded on the first, yes. And it was just so much fun to watch that I didn't care. You know, everybody's looking at the quarterback. I didn't watch the quarterbacks right. at all. You know, I was watching the line on both sides, and I was watching what I, I the thing that excited me the most, again, was the calmness. That is a uh, that's incredible. I mean, that, that we could end the show right there. First two plays, that's it. I saw what I wanted each side. Yeah, we're good. It. Yeah, Deems, when you look at this team individually, I mean, obviously they Mac has really ramped up the talent, um, and the talent is getting some age on it. Um, from your perspective, having been around the game forever, when does the talent uh, or the expectation of the talent meet the reality of the talent for young guys? You know, a guy comes in. You know, Travis Shaw comes mm-hmm. in. He, he's obviously a five-star player. He's stuff. But when you get to college, when does that sort of blend in, and he's able to perform at the level um, that he's expected to perform, at least from us watching? From yeah, I, I think Coach Brown talked about it in the parents' meeting today. Um, his goal is to have 22 on both sides, right? And where you just don't situational substitute, but if you needed to, you can you can team substitute, Hockey right? Substitute, yeah. yeah, you can do the whole thing. And he said at Texas when they won it and when they were going well, they had 22 that were comparable. There wasn't a big drop-off from that one to that second team, right? So they were all, there was 22. You could go in and out. You had injuries, of course. But the goal is to have 22 on both sides. That if you had to flip them, you could flip them at every position. We're not there yet, obviously. There, and, and, it's, and that's going to take a while. But we're at the point right now where, we're getting enough in there 
that that, that Clemson game two two years ago, and when when we ran out of gas, mm-hmm. and they didn't run out of gas, and we we had to go for the touchdown. Yep. Instead, we'll be able to go for an overtime, you know, at home. Right. We'll be able to play those late summer, early yeah. fall games into the fourth quarter, rolling people. And when you start rolling D linemen like we're seeing right now, you're gonna beat you're gonna beat teams. So. I think it takes a while. I think there's a lot of expectations for a guy like Zach Rice, you know, as a, as a true freshman with all that. You know, he's had some, some good days in spring and good bad days in spring, but the kid's 17 yeah, or 18, yeah. right? So ideally, if you bring a five-star in, you don't want him to start, yep. right? You want to be able to let him play, let him develop, because there's a big difference between an 18-year-old and a 22-year-old when you're oh, blocking yeah. with a guy Absolutely. coming off the edge. It's uh, it, it is amazing to watch the maturity and then to see the size of these guys. And I think that's what people forget is they're 17 yes. and 18. Yes, and, these and, freshmen. And I want to discuss what I was doing at 18. <laughs> and, and, and they're babies. I mean, let's be honest. Right. And then you got grown men, especially now with this COVID stuff, when you've got 23, 24-year-olds mm-hmm. out there playing. It's just complete difference. Look, from a offensive um, perspective, what did we see out here today that excites you? Again, I'm still going up other front. Than, other than the line. Right, right. Up front, you know, you, you build inside out. you got to build teams inside out in depth on D-line and O-line. But once you – I was more – I was excited about some flat backs coming off, not a lot of standing up on the run game. Again, I, I give a concern on this RPO stuff, the one great throw touchdown we had. We had a, a lineman downfield. And I know it was spring, but we had way too many of those. you got to clean that up. you got to know when it's an RPO. But the depth at running back – um, somebody else to help Josh. I mean, who it was going to be, I don't know. Three quarterbacks that were pretty accurate. You know, they both did great things. They all three did great things. Uh, they they can they can run. Um, but uh, uh, Bryson Nesbitt kind of sticks out to me a little yeah. bit. He just looks just like a is Jimmy. That, like is that a some tight love? Is that, is that, that some... is, but it's a little <laughs> bit of Jimmy Graham that like that, that can put his face yeah. in there and block. You know, and um I, I just again just the depth at running back i think i think we want to run downhill yep. i think we want to take pressure off whoever our quarterback's going to be and that's going to be with the guys getting downhill and british brooks i, I think we just missed our chance last year and likely we yeah. got another chance this year. so yeah. I'm, I'm going to oversimplify here which i want to do but is this the year that this team finally breaks through with regard to defensive line depth you know, I, th- I think they've had the pieces and then, then somebody gets hurt or, you know, they have the pieces and maybe the scheme's not quite right. Is this the year that they finally get back to the defensive lines of Mac mm-hmm. 1.0? I, I do believe so. And I like the way they've kind of tempered everything in the spring. I think last year was a big mistake. You know, I think the kids read the, the newspaper too much. I think we, we all, we thought all we had to do was come out there and show, but kind of like how, how there's not a lot of info flying around right now from him, and that's on purpose. So if you didn't, if you only saw today, I don't know if you could answer that, but if you hear a little scuttlebutt all the way around the program, I think it is. I just think those, whether they're single-digit or double-digit, they're rolling them in right now, and, and they can get upfield. And, and the guys, I feel like the guys look more, and, and again, I know the eye test only goes so far, right? but you've heard, you know, I've heard college coaches say in the past, too, that for a while North Carolina wasn't trotting guys out on the defensive line that looked like North Carolina players. It feels like, and just the guys we talked to today, mm-hmm. start to look more like traditional UNC defensive linemen. Yeah, and, you know, there's always been that rumor, looks like Tarzan plays like mm-hmm. Jane, gets off the bus. I think Coach Brown has addressed that a lot because we were very soft last year, not on the defensive line as much as we were on the offensive line, and that's no secret. Um, but that that's the thing you have to fight. You, you, you want to get that mentality back. You want to... You want to hit people in the face. You want to you want to push the edge to the whistle, um, and and that's on both sides of the ball. But defensively, these 
these 300 pounders move as as well as any 300 pounders in the country. Now, do we have that depth? We, I think we do. We're going to find out pretty quick. Yeah, I think the I, and I'll do the basketball football thing. I think the basketball run helped Mac Brown keep people off. Just let them work. Yeah, without any sort of. That's a good point. I didn't even think about it. Everybody was watching our, our basketball team. Nobody's no talking about ball. That's no it. pressure yeah. at all. Yeah. And that's a huge difference from last year. When we were all talking about they're going to win ten or eleven, hell, I picked them twelve. Right. Yeah. And, and all that kind of mess. So I, I think it all it That's sort of plays point. it good sort point. of plays together. Yeah. Better than it has in a long time, and you know I think I think what we saw today is something. But like you said, if you've been listening and listening to the leaves right. all spring, that you know that this team can be really good, Joey. Well, James, we appreciate it, man. Hey, it's thanks been fun. For you know, I, I love talking Carolina football anytime. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for all the support, everybody listening for NIL, Heels for Life. Appreciate you. Thanks for everything. Look forward to continuing it and uh, catching back up with you on the fall. Yeah, yeah man. You can we'll hear, hear from, right, appreciate you can hear from Dees right. May after just about every Tar Heel game. Uh, and definitely you'll see him here in Chapel Hill at every time the Tar Heels take the field at Kenya Stadium. We appreciate Dees joining us. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back with more on the heels, no pun intended, of the UNC spring game. Heading into the offseason with our friends from Heels for Life. This is Inside Carolina Live on 97.9 The Hill, WCHL. Coming down the stretch here on our post-game show from the UNC spring game. Look, I know it says spring game, but my narrow behind feels very, very Novemberish right now. I'm not okay with this. Did you handle your business? I did. I did. I returned some uh, some used liquid. Uh, so oh, we're. Didn't, you didn't have to go that much. Into <laughs> Look, I'm just saying. You, I just want to. Uh... You took us there. I'm just helping the people see behind the curtain, understand how things go here in Radio Land. I enjoyed our chicken sandwich. Thanks, Coulter. That's just that's wrong. <laughs> that's and, just wrong. And Shaq is that guy. Shaq's out here. Look, when it's 40 degrees outside, he's the guy with shorts on. Man, you need to be a old high school offensive line coach. See, the thing is... Shaq uh, went from ashy to ashy. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, Joe, you know what's funny about that? Is I got called out yesterday on the golf course for being ashy. I showed up today. Wow. I go, I cannot, cannot do it again. Went to the student store, bought some lotion. It wasn't good lotion. It's still not working. It's still not working. <laughs> uh, as, that's the voice of Shaquille Rashad, the executive director of Heels for Life, who have, have helped put, this, uh, put us on today. But, guys, who we really want to talk to is the last fullback in the history of Carolina football because you know, if, know, if, the position go, has changed. When you go to a Carolina roster, you have to go yeah. all the way back to 14. To hey, look, and, and Connor Gannett, that was so good, they were like, shut it down. We're not, we're, <laughs> not going to have another fullback in this university's football program because Connor Gannett just broke the mold. But The fullback uh, room. You got the your full, own room. Yeah. <laughs> the Eric Ebron tied in room we got the Connor Gannett fullback. I mean, what is Janet's that? Closet. I was going to say, it's empty. It's a utility closet where they put all the old tackle dummies. Yeah. It's a small room behind the janitor's closet. It's a closet within the closet. It's the assistant to the janitor's closet. Exactly. Shaq, look, man, uh, all, all joking aside, you guys have, have kind of had to pull this together in, in the last 16, 18 months. And, and it's been a whirlwind. And we heard Dean say a second ago, this is the the current situation of college sports. Yeah. You can't let your competition get past you. You can't allow these other schools, these other programs to do NIL um, programs without participating. And, and, and you guys have, have kind of stepped to the front for Carolina football. How has that gone from recognizing, okay, this is what the landscape is, to now we got to do something? Help us understand what that's been like. Yeah. Um, you started to see things pop up really 
July 1st of 2021, right, when this all became legal. And I think that we had a lot of awesome folks, Dean's being one of them on the board of directors with Heels for Life, that just said, we got to put something together. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to find a solution for this. And it, it looks a little bit different here than most places, right? So um, Georgia Tech, Miami, and, and large metropolitan places where you can just say, let's mobilize all these businesses that are out here, and we'll get them to work with our athletes. But in Chapel Hill, it's a little different. Like, we love the, the charm of the small town of Chapel Hill, but it's a little different than Atlanta, where you have all those businesses, a little different than Miami. And so to put something together where fans and, like, the community can be a part of it's pretty cool. And I think that the community here, and we're seeing it now, wants to get to know these players, right? Like, these guys came up here after the spring game, signing autographs, taking pictures, coming on the radio. People are coming up. They want to be a part of it. And so really just trying to find a way to say, hey, how can we facilitate that process? Yeah. Because there's rules for NIL as much as it's yeah. tough to find them at times, right? There's <laughs> rules to this. You can't just walk by and hand someone, hey, here's 100 bucks, right? There has to be structure to it. And so we try to sit there and, and say, okay, we'll deal with all the compliance rules. We'll, we'll, we don't want you, the fans, having to worry about what are the rules for this. So just come through us. We'll solve oh, yeah. it. We'll make sure that we do this in the legal way, the right way. UNC compliance has been awesome, working with them every step of the way, saying, how can we structure this? What does it need to look like so that we can do this the right way? And it's been it's been fun. It's been interesting. And there's a lot of times you look at things that happen in other places, and different states are different. Different schools are different. Um, but the what we've put together here, we've been excited about it. And I think it, it only continues to grow from here. We, we've had a lot of folks stop by here today and say, well, what's going on here? Had a great conversation with them, handled business card, and we expect to see a lot of new members showing up. So it's been fun, and I think we only grow from here. Connor, help us understand what's your role and how, how do you see things going moving forward? I think a, a big thing is, as I played with Shaq and got to know him a little bit, just how he helps engage with all the alumni who play with, with UNC football and really help spread the idea of those for life, how it helps the guys, how it helps the teams, how it helps the community. So I think he's just done a great job of voicing this and uh, really taking this uh, and kind of, as you mentioned, just putting it in the hands of the organization and helping out the team. Let me, let me ask this. A lot of people think that uh, it's all tied to the university. Explain the differences <laughs> about how it has to be separate. I mean, yeah, you, 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 yeah. just explain that better than I can. Yeah, it, it flat out cannot be through the university, <laughs> right? Um, so if you think about it, right, if, if it was a part of the university, then it becomes the university essentially paying its own athletes, which is not legal. You can't do that. And so this is set up completely separate university. Now, we do work with the university on things the way they would work with any third-party company, right? They can come in, and if anyone, if Johnny T-shirts or anybody else wanted to work with a student athlete and wouldn't ask compliance a question, compliance would answer because they want their athletes to stay eligible. So we ask compliance questions the same way. Uh, communications open back and forth there. And I'd say that that is our main point of contact is compliance. But we do have to remain separate from the university to make sure that we're doing this all the right way and keeping everyone. No one wants to get in any trouble with this. It's, it's a great thing, a great opportunity for the athletes. Do not want to turn it into something that gets anybody in trouble. Yeah, and it is a necessity in this day in college, in college sports, be without college athletics. Yeah, and, and it is hillsforlife.org, and that's for the number four on your internet. And it's .org, so you know it's official. Yeah, it's .org, <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it means something. Made with real bits of Panthers, so you know it's good. <laughs> Shaq, what's been the biggest surprise for you doing this? I think the biggest surprise for me doing this has been the reception of it. I think that early on, the voices you heard the most leading up to July 1st were all the people saying how bad this was for athletics and how um, it was going to ruin everything. Believe it or not, man, they still play football games every Saturday last Isn't that crazy? March. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts, right? March Madness, believe it or not, it sounds like they, they had a pretty good year as far as viewership, right? So it didn't ruin college athletics. And now people are starting to see the success stories of it. They're seeing the fun things happening where you've got 18, 19-year-old kids donating money they're making from NIL back to charities. 
we had Storm Duck on the Inside Carolina podcast, um, the Players Lounge, and he's talking about how he wants to do something to help ministries back home with his NIL, right? Like, I don't think anyone expected to hear that. And how, how can you sit in there and look at that and see the 19-year-old kid that wants to make money help charitable causes, ministries, how is that a bad thing? You know, and so people are starting to see that there is success and there is good things going on with it. And I think that's been the biggest surprise was that the reception was a lot better um, than it seemed like because the loudest voices were the, the negative ones, as always, early on. Oh, it's always like And if you hear the wind blowing, it is only 40 degrees as the sun goes down. Shaq and his shorts, is uh, I hear a little tremble in the voice. We get a little cold. <laughs> how has it been for the players themselves, the, the reception for the players? Um, how have they received this, received you? What does it mean for them to have a former guy doing it and all that? They've been incredibly, incredibly appreciative. I mean, like, just seeing them around, um, whether I'm on campus or at the spring game, things like that, like, oh, there he is. What's up, guys? So I'm saying what's up to the guys. <laughs> um, it, it feels like I'm uh, – I don't know. It feels like I'm, I'm back in the locker room a little bit. I want to strap up the pads and go play with them. But it's it's cool to just get to be around those guys. This is such a special group. Um, it reminds me a lot of the teammates I had. No fullbacks. We already mentioned Connor's last one. But it reminds me of a lot of guys that we played with in college. And so they've been so appreciative. They've been so eager, I think, too. Um, they're, they're finding ways to tar- start T-shirt businesses. They're finding ways. you got guys like Brian Anderson who have started Tar Heel Sportsman. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's doing so many incredible fun things with that. And so... They've been appreciative. They've been excited about it and eager, and I think they still want to learn, too, because as new as it is for all of us, it's new for them, too, and they're in the middle of it. So they're, they're trying to figure it out along the way. What's the questions you've got the most? Because, I mean, again, and you and I talked about this <laughs> off the air, and we talked about it when you've been on Inside Carolina Live before. This is such a novel concept, right? It seems simple, but when you start actually trying to herd the cats, it's pretty freaking complicated. What kind of questions have you gotten the most from players when they're, you know, they're first interacting with you? And they, they understand there's opportunities for them, but I, they don't know how to initiate. What, what do those questions sound like? The, the, the biggest question from the player side is definitely like, where do I start? You know, where do I start? Um, okay, NIL's a go now. Everyone's all excited. Um, I saw that DJ Uyangale has a deal with Dr. Pepper. Like, where do I start? What does that look like? Okay, well, you start by making sure you're taking care of things in the classroom. You start by making sure you're still competing and doing everything you do on the football field and handling all your business there. And then from there, you start to think about what your passions are. I think I'll, I'll go back to Brian Anderson. It's a great example. He loves outdoors. He loves hunting. He loves fishing. The guy has been filming things on a drone his entire life. So what does he do? Starts a website, gets merchandise, and now he's hunting, fishing, and filming it on the drone. He's working with companies. People are sponsoring him with that. I, if, if anyone listening to this, I encourage you to still go sponsor him again, do more with him. <laughs> um, but, no, where do I start is the biggest question because there's a long way between an idea and actually being able to have a business from it, essentially. And so um, trying to help them get up and running and get started has been the interesting part because everyone's in a different place with it. Yeah. I love the fact that you're talking about getting guys where they're passionate because that authenticity is actually really going to help them sell themselves. It's really going to help whoever's marketing them market them for them. Right. Um, so that's, that's really a unique thing to hear. How are parents approaching this? Because I think parents are of the older generation where this is such a big no-no. You talked earlier about how it's always been kind of perceived as this big negative thing, but parents obviously want what's best for their kids. How have those conversations gone? They're asking a lot of questions. They're asking a lot of questions because, you know, while I'm sitting there having a conversation with compliance and while I'm sitting there reading about what's happening everywhere, they're just like, what in the world is happening? There's 50 strangers from all over the country, all over the world, DMing my 19-year-old, telling them they can make them money. Like, what does this mean? Right. So they're asking a lot of questions. How do I protect my kid in this? Um, what really does make sense? Does my kid need an agent? Right. They're 19 years old. They're going to Biolab. Right. And I'm like, do they need an agent really for that? 
And so they're just trying to understand this whole world. They're, they're trying to understand, you know, is my child a, a professional athlete or are they a collegiate athlete? What is, what's going on here? And so trying to have those conversations, it's, again, different for all of them, right? Um, I can say that when I was in college, I probably wouldn't need an agent. Like, yeah, I, um, I probably just needed a babysitter. But, like, you know, a guy like Connor Garnett being the last fullback and a big name, like, he might have needed an agent. So it's different for everyone. Um, there's a lot going on, a lot of people entering the space. And so just trying to help them find which way is up um, has been helpful for parents. The, the line between what the school can and cannot do is, is pretty stark and it's pretty obvious. But you have a coach and a head of program like Mac Brown who – is fully behind the players being able to market themselves and the players being able to earn off of their uh, off of their their abilities and, the, and their talents. How do those two things coexist? Yeah, it's like they can, like you're saying, it's so interesting. The, the school and the, the 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 staff and everyone has very clear rules and things that they can and cannot do. But I think if you're a player sitting at room knowing that your coach supports you, they they can't they can only go so far. They can do so many things, um, but to know that they support you in what you're doing is very helpful because I can think back to when I'm playing, I'd be really hesitant to go sell some t-shirts. Some of them like, man, my coach is going to hate me if I put these shirts <laughs> out there online. So I think it means something to know that your coach is behind you um, and that they support you and what you're doing. Let me ask you this. We had a guy like Josh Downs here, who's obviously the face of Carolina's football program. Um, the, the fullback might not be. Unfortunately. Uh, well, <laughs> Unfortunately. Because, because like we've already talked about, when you have a fullback that was as good as that, you don't need anymore. Right. So, so, but in seriousness, guys that are, are not as well known or, or not as, you know, quote unquote, the stars of the team, how does Hills for Life and other programs like this benefit them? Yeah, I think that, and I'll stick with Brian Anderson. Like, I actually sat down and had lunch with Brian and talked to him about, hey, what do you want to do with this? What do you do to Tar Heel Sports? Who can we introduce you to that might help you out along the way with that? Do you want to start a podcast? What does that look like? And so, no, like, not everyone's going to be exactly the same, right? Even if, you are among the starters. Um, quarterbacks, it, it, like you can use sports even. Like basketball players have always made more on endorsements than mm-hmm. football because you can see their faces. Guys that touch the ball in their hand are always going to make more money on those things. And so you know that. It's a weird thing to swallow. Like when I, I showed up in Houston as some free agent kid that just got signed, I never expected to get the money that J.J. Watt got next to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, and I knew that, right? But that didn't mean that, that I didn't want to go try to figure something out. And so you, you, you try to meet people where they are and try to explain some of those things. But it is a weird thing because I made that joke talking about me in Houston, but I was 23, 24 years old when I got there. Some of these guys are 17, 18, 19, so it is a little bit different. Um, and that's some of those things that I think will be a, a little bit of an adjusting period, seeing college kids trying to go through that. There's definitely some maturity that has to happen, especially when you're starting to think about your own brand because you are you could make some real major mistakes at this age in your career by aligning yourself with the right or wrong party that – you may never be able to shake. Right. Uh, so it sounds like that's kind of one of the things you guys are trying to do with Heels for Life is is maybe help steer these guys from what makes sense and what doesn't make sense for you and helping them see the bigger picture. Because I can imagine there's probably some, some kids right now that are just thinking, man, I really could just use the money so that my parents can keep their lights on versus you know, thinking about what what's their what's their value going to be as a marketable uh, a marketable entity at 25 and 26. Yeah, and I think there's other people also out there like trying to take advantage of them, which stinks, right? Like uh, there were those stories coming out early July about kids that signed with some gaming company where they can go online and game. Like if I'm 19 years old and you're telling me I can get paid to play video games, golly, where do I sign, right? Um, 
But all of a sudden you sign that without reading much of it, and there were situations where kids were signing over their likeness in perpetuity because they didn't read a contract. I don't read contracts at 28. I promise you I wasn't <laughs> reading it at 19. And please, if you're listening to this, do not take advantage of me. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we have Connor going to do. Yeah, yeah, Connor. Um, but no, like there were people trying to take advantage of him. And so, um, yeah, there were a lot of mistakes made. And so you mentioned earlier the school doing things to try to help them out. And, like, that's one of the things they put in place that's been awesome to help them. Like um, legal services here offering pro bono help on, like, those kind of things to read through the contract. Because I, I – God, I, it, if I was doing NIL, it would have been tough for me to read some of those contracts these kids are getting. And so to be able to go to the law school and get some help on that it is massive. And I think just continuing to find ways to help them get those resources in front of them is really big. We need to get somebody some deal with coats, like oh, jackets right now. Yeah. yeah, Like a like windbreaker right now. Go, like right now. I, I need somebody. I need some, coats. Yeah, I need an NIL for a puffy, a puffy <laughs> jacket like right now. Opener. Look, right there, you got a uh, North Face. Asking, you shall receive. <laughs> yeah, He's going to put mine on. Look, I've had that thing for 20 years. It, it, it comes through every time. Deems May actually had an endorsement with that jacket. Not, <laughs> not, not specific jacket. Not North Face. That specific, yeah, that specific 30-year-old jacket. Shaq, let me ask you a fun question and a serious question. A fun question. Have you seen any ideas that guys have had without calling names that you're like, no, nah, we, we can't go that route? At Carolina, never. Outside of here and other places in the country, of course. <laughs> just like, I want to put this on a shirt. What do you think? And you're just like, that, probably not. This is, <laughs> this is terrible, this idea. <laughs> there was one kid I saw, and I, I, I forget what school he was, which makes me happy because I, I can't name it now. But I, I remember seeing on Twitter, like, some kid said, not the record, but, like, he, he the most NIL deals in the country or something. And it was like. I mean, I started looking through the list. Like, this guy signed whatever contract somebody put in front of him. Like, most of them, like, weren't paying or anything. He's just like, I want to do NIL. So he just starts signing contracts left and right, whatever they put in front of him. Send me the money. Yeah. He doesn't eat those chicken fries. He actually doesn't even own his own skin anymore. (laughs) His his skin actually belongs to someone else. Serious question. Tell our listeners, um, you know, whether live or, or when they're listening to this later, what they can do to be a part of Heels for Life. Yeah, you can go to heelsforlife.org. It's the number four, and it's .org, so you know it's official. Um, you can go through and read all about it, understand. There's a video on there talking a little about Heels for Life. There's about us where you can learn more. You can hear about how we started, and then go over to that commit page. And that commit page has a couple different options. There's monthly contributions. There's annual. There's one time. And all of those will get you to be a Heels for Life member. And what that membership does is allows us to take that money, 100% of it, everything we do on our end internally is privately funded. So any dollars that come in through that actually goes back to student athletes on NIL opportunities to come do things like this. So it's going to a great cause. Um, it's going to something to help support the guys that are putting on that Carolina Blue run for the team that you support um, week in and week out. And so you can go there, become a member, and start showing up to events like this, whether it's um, these, we're doing podcasts, we're doing interviews, sharing them with those members. And, and I think it I don't know. It makes me feel real good every week when I, uh, when I, or every month when I see it come out of my my bank account going into there. So it's it's a pretty fun opportunity, and I'm I'm excited to be a part of it. So speaking from the charity side of things, um, I know that for a lot of of nonprofit institutions, the the value is greater for having regular monthly contributions because it kind of levels out what your income curve is. Is it more beneficial for Heels for Life to get that monthly donor, or is it better to get a, a one-time big contribution and, and spread it? Well, just kind of give us some insight as, as to which one's better for, for the kids right now. I think there's a ton of value in both of them, man. It's tough to choose. Like, of course, if someone's like, would you rather get a $10, a $10 million check or something? Like, well, we'll take $10 million, of course. But, like, <laughs> it's, uh, but no, in, in all seriousness. Tom, Tommy, that's $10 million. 
Or if you're out there, remember, it's heelsforlife.org. Uh, um, but, no, like, e- either way, we're really excited. Like, the thought was, and the reason I don't want to choose one or the other is because our thought was truly anyone that's wanting to go to a spring game or go to a game in Keenan on any given day, like, we want them to be able to participate in that this. That all helps. Yeah, so even if it's, like, you know what, $5 is the best I can do, then, man, that $5 is freaking awesome, and we'll take it. Because, um Again, it's something that's meant to help fans get to know the players that, they, that they've been watching all the time. And so we don't want to sit here and exclude someone at some price point. Hey, it's fabulous what you guys have been doing. I uh, appreciate you staying out here. You, y'all two staying out here all day with us. Um, I did notice the, the crowd thinned out when they knew Shaquille Rashad was coming. Yeah, out when, the real, when, the real, when the current players left and it was just Shaq, everybody just kind of vomited. What happened? I mean, what's up with that? I, I think they all just got his autograph before he went on. In seriousness to our listeners, I mean, you guys do not understand the importances of guys like Rashad and Gunay and Deems May and everybody doing this stuff for Hills for Life. It matters. It matters who's over here in Kenan Stadium playing on Saturdays because other teams are doing it, other schools are doing mm-hmm. it, and these guys are doing their part to sort of level the playing field. Um, amongst college athletes, because like Deems may say, whether you like it or not, it's here. It's here. And Must- it's been here forever, but now it's legal. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to quote the poet laureate Ricky Bobby when I say, "If okay. you ain't first, you're last." I like that, right? And, and this is something that that ter- Carolina fans and Inside Carolina subscribers need to recognize. Other schools are doing this. Well, North Carolina's doing it now. You've complained and you've begged and you said, "Why aren't we doing X, Y, Z for our players?" Well, it's happening now. Yep. Now you need to step up with your checkbooks. Absolutely. Boys, appreciate y'all coming on. Yeah, appreciate y'all having. <laughs> Take a quick break. We'll be right back for our last segment. Wrap up the spring game post show here on Inside Carolina Live. Tommy Ashley, Gregory Hall, Connor Gannett, Shaquille Rashad. I'm Joey Powell. We'll be right back after this break on 97.9 The Hill, WCHL. Hey, shout out to everybody who came out today and saw this, and and everybody who came to the spring game. A good turnout. We appreciate everybody who's listened to the show today. Different time. But we had a different kind of approach today, and with this partnership with Heels for Life, we wanted to put on a different program, and, and just really thankful for everybody who was a part of making that happen. Uh, Shaq and Connor stuck around. We appreciate them and all they helped to make this happen, to Ben and Buck Sanders for, for pulling this together. But, boys, why don't we talk about what we saw today in a spring game? We haven't done any real game analysis. We've been lucky enough to be able to talk with some of the guys that played in the spring game. Yeah, Let's talk about that? some actual game analysis, huh? Those interviews were fun, though. Those are some oh, they were totally great fun. guys and laughing with us and Storm, Tony, and Josh going back and forth. And yep. The confidence of Miles Murphy is off the charts. And and you got to love that out of a defensive lineman. And the fact he was so put off by you guys not betting on him to get the second. <laughs> yeah, he, Tommy brought up the bet. He was probably <laughs> waiting for one of us to say we picked him. And he was like, wait, you didn't even talk about me? The man's on the air and got the got Tommy's the full, insider trading got the full disrespect of not being standing right next to him saying, look, didn't pick you. Yeah. I'm picking you this year. <laughs> Eight and a half. We'll remember that when we start doing our, our preseason stuff. Gregory, you got a chance to see practice on Thursday. Um, you know, Deems mentioned it earlier. It's been kind of locked tight around here. And, and Tommy's point about the basketball team kind of taking some of the, the attention away from the football program. There hasn't been a lot to see and a lot to talk about. So, Gregory, you got to see him Thursday. Uh, I know we all saw him when they opened practice Wrap all that up together and how you saw it play out on the field today. Yeah, the, the competition aspect of it is is real. I know you kind of heard about it and Mac joked that they're giving out cookies and stuff, which <laughs> they are doing, um, but they, they're also giving out some gear, some shoes to the guys who, who win things and things like that. And 
I mean, if you're a Division One football player, you are competitive in nature in everything you do. I mean, there's stories about when the players' lounge are talking about playing ping pong and stuff, and even that gets competitive, right? So that's very real. You see that in practice um, when they're doing team drills. You see even today, Javari Ritzy got through and got to Connor Harrell, or it was either Harrell or Chriswell, on the sack, but because he can't wrap up or tackle, he, the ball got out, and he t- tapped him on the shoulder. They didn't call a sack, and he's screaming like, because he wants the sack. He wants his right? point. Yeah. And he was saying in practice one time that happened a few times, and they weren't giving him the sack. And so he just went ahead and lightly tackled the quarterback to show that he was getting there to sack, and he got reamed for it. But, like, that's how competitive these guys are. Like, he's like, I am doing my work, and I want to get recognized for it. And I think you'll see that from a team aspect as a whole, and that's a little bit what they t- – when. When Miles Murphy says everyone's locked in, that that's what they mean, right? Mistakes still happen. Guys still get beat. You heard Deem say, if you're in the right spot, you're still going up against great athletes and you're going to get beat. But today, um, you, you saw guys in their gaps. You saw guys communicating. You saw a guy like Cedric Gray, even though it was a very simplified, what are you doing? I'm just making sure my sticker stayed in there. <laughs> even though it was a simplified defense, right, they played like, three schemes right and it was a lot of go get your guy cedric gray still did a good job recognizing motions and, mm-hmm. and things like that um offensively the offensive line when they needed to pull they weren't running into each other they did a good job pulling and you, you saw guys like dj jones be patient enough to find the hole that wasn't there right away but but became right away and both quarterbacks i i, I know we've heard some things and a lot of people are, were quick to give it to drake may but Today, Jacoby Criswell didn't throw an incomplete pass, right? Ball didn't um, hit the ground. Six for six, I think, 104 yards. He, he didn't play as often. He, he had tweaked a hamstring last scrimmage last week, which was a 97-play scrimmage, which was probably more physical, and they probably did more things last week than they did today. Um, but Drake May looked great, too. Connor Harrell was kind of surprised me a little bit today. I know we've spent so much focus on talking about Drake and, and Jacoby um, and Greg, Greg wrote in the instant analysis that it, it bodes well to see a guy like Connor Harrell play well for this program mm-hmm. in the future. Regardless of who's playing on in August or, I guess, in September, you, you want to have that good backup. And so those are the initial things that stood out. Obviously, Bryson Nesbitt, you, you can't really take him off the field. Listening to Josh, the way that he talked about what they can do, having even if they're not on the same side of the field, I mean, Nesbitt is... is a mismatch regardless like you're not going to find a defender his size um you might find a defender with his quickness but you're not going to find a defender with his size and he does a good job of going up and you, you heard the guys talking about antoine green um and how he stood out which i'm sure a lot of listeners and subscribers have wanted to hear for a while um there's a lot of questions as far as the secondary but you have to consider storm duck just came back healthy geo biggers is limited cam kelly's limited conley's not even out there and we could probably there's an argument that Curious Conley is the best defender on the field. Um, so we'll learn a lot more about this team in August. But I, I think today, overall, they accomplished what they wanted to and was impressed. That right there is a Jason Staples. I was going to say, Staples should be called yeah, in and say, hey, slow down. Monologue. You told me to wrap it up. No, there's a lot I mean, to wrap up. And yeah, it was all, it all coaching like, points. We're not going to split it up. We're going yeah. all over it. I, I think for me watching, and I did not notice it until Deems May mentioned it, um, is was the calmness. Yeah. And, and that's a great word, too. And there was no 
crazy antics. We've seen that for the last two years, the last three years, where guys were all over the place wondering where they're supposed to be, and we did not see that at all today. Now, granted, it's the spring game, and they're playing against each other. But you got to start somewhere. And we saw that aspect of it. And, and, folks, I don't know if that translated to people that watched it on TV could see that. I don't know if um, folks really paid attention to that. But I think that's huge because there were plenty of times last year and I spoke with Miles Murphy outside, you know, off the air here, and he spoke to that. And he spoke to knowing assignments, knowing what they're doing, and being all on, all on the same page. And we mentioned it with Tony and Storm Duck, the communication on the back end. I mean, those things are huge. And if you did not think they were huge, then you certainly saw why <laughs> they are last year and why this team went 6-7. and seven. It has a lot of talent. It had one of the best generational quarterbacks they've ever had and they still went 6-7, and seven. a lot of those issues from last year were pretty easily correctable if they were just corrected then. Now they're being corrected with the new staff hires across the board, whether it's McNeil on offensive line or Chiswick and Charlton Warren. I mean, this team is a cohesive unit more. Um, and you mentioned September or August. Well, it's August because I believe the FAMU game FAMU's is... FAMU's end of August. Right. Is yeah, August week zero 30, game? Yeah, it is so a week, week zero, zero game. game. That's yeah. correct. So we're not that far away from this team Three getting and back months. out there. And, and like Miles said, like Javari said, they're ready to go now. You know, They're going to have to be forced to take time off now here in April to get ready for summer ball and all that stuff. So... You know, we'll talk a ton about the quarterbacks. We'll talk a ton about the running backs. I do think there's too many in the running back room. That's got to be None of them made any separations today either. And I didn't, Yeah, and I didn't see anything. I saw Elijah Green make a good long run up the middle. It's questionable who they were playing against, whether they're, you know, is it the ones, the twos, or whatever. Right. I thought Kamara Edmonds looked good at the very end. But, again, it's the level of competition. But there are plenty of things to work on. <clears throat> One thing I don't think they're going to have to work on is much uh, – um, or, you know, any more than they ever have since Mac 1.0 is talent level. I think yeah. the talent level in that locker room is as high as it's been for North Carolina in quite some time, probably probably since Shaquille Rashad graduated. The talent level on the team is, you know, up there. And I say There's that, no Shaquille Rashad's out there running around. There is no. There, yeah, is, and, uh, there is a Shaquille Rashad out here running around. And, and, uh, he's doing he, more shivering than running. He's looking like he's telling us to wrap it up. And we're getting close, folks. <laughs> but I think, and I ask Deems the question about at what point does young talent start to be what we expected or what was expected? What, at what point does a guy that's young and super talented actually play to the level? And these guys are getting that age on them. Miles Murphy's, what, a junior now? Well, he said, he said he still feels like a young guy and an old guy. Yeah, he's like, I feel like I just got here. Well, he's been there. You know, this is his third this year. This is third year. And so you've got these guys that are getting some age on them because 18 to 24 is in 22, 23 is just tremendous. Well, and to put that into perspective, Corey Gaynor, who very much likely might start at center, was Zach Rice, who very much likely might start at right tackle. I mean, Corey Gaynor's 22. Two, maybe turning twenty-three. Five years different. Five years, and on the same team in college. On the same. Five-year differences is what you see in the NFL. You rarely yeah. see it in college. Yeah. So it's 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 pretty crazy. Now, little segue there. How about the transfers though? Corey Gaynor filling their his role at center pretty pretty quickly and providing depth. Mac Brown's mentioned is the most depth they've had at center with Brian Anderson and Kieran Johnson able to play that position, and then Noah Taylor fitting that Jack is probably. I mean, the defensive line across the board is talented, but like I said to either Miles or Javari, 
a line of Des Evans, Javari Redzi, Miles Murphy, and Noah Taylor is pretty lethal. And yeah. and experienced. I mean, I mentioned that earlier. Like, uh-huh. you've got guys that are it's pretty lethal, but it's guys that are experienced. It's guys that bring different skill sets to the team and, and actually complement each other very well. Let me ask you guys a question. Uh, we got about a handful of minutes left. Let, let me – I don't want you to change subjects before I mention this. We talked about – and I'm sorry, but Noah Taylor comes in – and he's played a lot of football. Mm-hmm. He wasn't great at his previous stop. He was very, very good, but he wasn't super great. But we saw on the basketball side what a guy that comes in with a ton of experience brings. Yep. That's Brady Manning. I think it's comparable. And, and, and so that's what Carolina's getting. They may not get a guy that's going to be a 10, 15, 17 sack guy, but they're getting a guy that's going to come in here and add a tremendous amount of depth, but also the experience of playing a ton of college ball because you mentioned – Murphy and Ritzy and all those guys, they haven't played a ton of college ball mm. yet. And Ritzy was a, like a second string, third string backup last year. Yeah, yeah. so I, I just think it's a huge benefit to have those transfers that come in that are grown. Have seen live bullets. And they have played yeah. and they've played a ton of different teams and all and seen what it's like. And we get Spencer Rollin over the summer. And granted, that's a different level of competition. We'll see what he brings when he comes to. Go ahead, Joey. No, so, so one of the things I want to, and all of that I agree with, uh, one of the things I want you guys to hit on before we get out of here, uh, give me one good thing that fans should be uh, should be happy about after this spring session. Tommy, I, I think I'm going in the same vein of what Dean said about, you know, it seemed to be reduced chaos and calmness. So give me one thing, whether it's one player or one concept or one wide-angle view that you picked up from today and from the spring as a whole that Tar Heel fans can be happy and excited about. Gregory, go first. The offensive line is aggressive, and I think that was something that fans were worried about after last year, and I think what Big Now coming in has done a good job of is getting his guys to all play with the same mindset, and honestly, it's a similar mindset to the defensive line, right? And I and I think that's kind of where the competition comes from. But I think fans should be excited and content with where the offensive line is right now, especially considering Zach Rice. I mean, he still has his bad days in spring practice, but, I mean, in today he got beat a, a couple times on some run fits. But he just turned 18, but he's really good, and all the guys along him, alongside him are going to be pretty good as well. So I think fans should be content with the offensive line. Tommy? I think for me, watching this team in the fall, um, what I saw today and what I've seen and heard from spring balls, the defensive line has a potential to be nasty. And, you know, we talked to two of them here. They stay healthy. I think the defensive line, I mean, even though the offense won today. And they're not even healthy right now. Yeah, they're, they're they pretty get healthy with, with the, the singer, you know. Kevin Rucker, I mean, get him. He's I mean, awesome. Man, that was amazing. He yeah. did it in the Final Four that we saw, and he did it out here. Solo today, in and, front of his best friends. Butcher's got pipes. And it just a, you know, a fabulous guy off the field, but what he brings to the field. And this defensive line, my favorite part of Mike 1.0 was the defensive lines would kill you. And they'd have eight dudes that were all good. And they would wear you out. And you can win ball games on the defensive line. You need the offensive line, but you can win them on the ball on the defensive line. And Carolina's got that potential. I'm with you. I think that's something to be excited about. We talked about it with Deems, who saw it in Mac 1.0. We talked, you know, we talked about just how getting these guys healthy is going to be important. But a lot of things to watch for. You've already started seeing some of the incident analysis coming up on InsideCarolina.com. So definitely there's more stuff to come. There no will one be. Got hurt today. No one got hurt no today. No one Taylor so we, tweaked a hit so, or a side or something, but other than that, yeah. But right. we got through the spring healthy, which is one of the biggest things you want to see. 
and we appreciate that. Uh, appreciate all of you guys joining us. Appreciate you listening to the show. Big shout-out to all the players who joined us. Big shout-out to Shaquille Rashad for helping make this happen. You've been listening to Inside Carolina Live post-game spring show on 97.9 The Hill, WCHL. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.